for me personally, it's being very, very selfish with my time. Mm. Um, so I have a process every single day where my first 30 minutes is devoted to planning my day. Okay. And uh, the first thing that I always do is I go through my email and they always say to not do this, but I do it in such a way where I'm not actually answering my email. Um, mm. I use a program called Sorted and it basically turns your Gmail box into a Kanban board. So, oh, okay. yes. <laughs> the pursuit of, of excellence is something we're all striving towards. I want you to focus on what you do best. You need to have an approval. How many approvals? What are the steps? It's really about listening. If it's not documented, it's, it's not done. Thanks for tuning into In Systems We Trust, the show where we dive into all things systems and processes and hear from the professionals that are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Today I'm talking with Stacy L. Carlson. Stacy believes that when you bring systems and processes into your workflow, you bring calm to the chaos. In 2005, Stacy launched an e-commerce company focused on digital scrapbooking. Over the next 12 years, her extensive library of processes allowed her to explore other ventures where she continued to focus on bringing calm to the chaos. Stacy is now the partner manager at Smile where she is using her love for systems and processes to build a scalable partner program that can grow as the program grows. And welcome to the show, Stacy. Yeah, thank you for having me. Ah, you are very welcome. Um, yeah, you're in the right spot, definitely. We're talking about <laughs> systems and processes today. I love it and looking forward to, to diving in. And before we do, I just want you to expand upon that bio a little bit. I know that there's always stuff uh, kind of in the in-between that you leave out on that. So I want you to just kind of talk about more on your role at Smile, um, the companies that are under Smile, and you know what you do there. Yeah, so Smile creates two productivity softwares. Uh, the first one is PDF Pin, which is a, a Mac-compatible product. And then the second one is Text Expander, which is uh, their SaaS base, and it's uh, compatible across both Mac, Windows, and Chrome Chromebooks. So we have a Chrome extension. We also have it on iOS. Uh, my main focus is usually Text Expander, just mainly because that's the one that covers more people. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, a little bit about Text Expander is that we're not necessarily um, uh, industry agnostic. Is the, And what I mean by that is that there's not just one industry that uses us. Anybody who types kind of uses us. Um, but as a company, we can't focus on everybody. So our, the main companies that use us is customer support, recruitment, and sales. Those okay. are the main ones. And so 2005, how do you go from, you know, running an e-commerce store and digital scrapbooking to making this transition into the world of optimization and productivity and, mm -hmm. you know, systems and processes? Can you talk about that transition for a bit? Because it's a very, you know, <laughs> um, you know, big difference in, in where you came from. And I'd love to know this extensive library that you put together, yeah. how you started developing that and what, you know, problem that was solving for you. Yeah, so in 2005, I was a mom to one child, um, and it was important for me to be able to do a job at home, and I've always been in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. So I happened to have a background in graphics. I used to work at a company called Micrographics under their software program, uh, Micrographics mm -hmm. Picture Publisher, which is graphics. And one of my hobbies was digital scrapbooking. And I thought, hey, why don't we start a community? Other people are doing it. I could do this. And in a night with uh, $300 uh, 
uh, pulled out of my bank account, we launched this e-commerce website. And it was a huge community. Um, over the 12 years, we ended up with roughly 75,000 users who logged in on a regular basis. We had over 3 million photos that were uploaded to our gallery. Uh, but during that, because I am such a process-driven person, I started creating processes on how to do everything, um, mm. from uh, payment for our designers to commenting in the gallery, um, even how to ban somebody, somebody in our, our software. Mm. And it was 2014. I was now the mom to two kids. Uh, the second one had started kindergarten. And I realized uh, my industry was dying because uh, of digital scrapbooking. Everybody used Photoshop on a desktop. So I knew that I needed to expand to mobile. So I applied to a business accelerator for a mobile app idea. And that's where my life kind of changed because I had all these systems and processes created. I could immerse myself into that accelerator, which was a 90-day program. Uh, And I handed my my company over to my entire team. And I said, run it. You know, because I needed to focus on this other aspect. And when I came out the other end, my company was still going. It was going better than it was before. And I realized, wait a minute, they don't they don't actually need me at this point. They, they need me to, you know, make the big decisions, but they don't need mm-hmm. me for the day-to-day. And that's kind of where uh, my career kind of diverted to consulting with other people in regards to processes. Uh, just mainly because I saw how liberating it was to hand something over to somebody else and be confident that they could do it as well as I did, if not better. Good for for you. Yeah, I'd love to know where that love and drive for processes goes because, you know, at Ditto, when we meet with um, a potential customer, right, we're coming in and they understand process. They know that there is a need for process in the business, but they have neglected, you know, taking the time to document so that they can do what you did hand it off to someone else and say, you run it. So where did that understanding and you know drive or like need for that process um, in your business come from? Yeah, I think I, I was born with it. You know how some people are born entrepreneurs. I was not born an entrepreneur. I was born a okay. process person. <laughs> Got it. Um, but no, I mean, there's fine tuning to, you know, learning better processes in regards to how to build a process has always been a big part of it too. And um, for me, uh, creating a process is just second nature. Uh, I tell people that if I had an instruction manual, it would actually say everything I do is a process. You know, from mm-hmm. the time I wake up in the morning, I have a process on how I'm going to drive to work for the day based off of what roads were closed yesterday. You know, so, so my entire life is built that way. It's just the way my, way my brain works. Um, but I've also seen that if it, it's a teachable thing. It's not something that you know, if you're not born with it, you can't do it. Uh, So, yeah. Okay. No, I love that. Everything, you know, has a process. I totally agree. Um, In one of our earlier episodes, I think it was episode two, um, Keith Gillette was on and, you know, kind of said, if it's not documented, it's not done. Mm -hmm. And I think that can apply in so many areas for both life and business. I'm curious though, you said something I haven't heard before. We understand that there's a process for something like driving to work have you actually documented that like you have different routes what does that look like it's all in my head it's it's okay. it's so ludicrous um my husband laughs at me um in the shower i'm thinking about okay yesterday you know 56th street the right hand lane was closed i need to make sure i get over to the left hand lane before i get to like pine lake uh Incredible. and this is this is the way that i 
you know, when I get into my car, I know where I'm going. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I tell people it's kind of like a computer. Your computer has a process that it runs through. And when something odd happens, you recalculate. And that's what I do is, you know, if, okay, now the left lane's closed instead of the right, recalculate and readjust and keep moving forward. I love the approach. Yeah. <laughs> some, some, some takeaways uh, there for sure. I'd love to dive in and talk a bit more about, you know, the, the, the platforms and the programs that, that Smile offers, more specifically Text Expander. So yeah. can you tell us more about what Text Expander is? Um, what does it do? How does it work? Give us the rundown yeah. um, on, all, on, on all of that. Uh, yeah. So Text Expander. So everybody has canned responses. Everybody has mm-hmm. things that they're typing over on a daily basis. Uh, typically, we store those in a specific software. So uh, a good example is Gmail has canned responses that only work in Gmail. Zendesk mm-hmm. has canned responses that only work in Zendesk. What we do is take all of those canned responses, that, that content, and we give you a knowledge base to house it that then works in any text field. So a good example is you have a customer support person who's answering tickets on social media, but also in your help desk software. All they have to do, the, the information's put into Text Expander and then we give you an abbreviation. So let's say mm-hmm. somebody asks, how do you download your software? We have a canned response. And the abbreviation could be uh, backslash download. So they just have to type in backslash download. It expands the canned response, the content, and now they have the same answer no matter where they're answering that question at. And mm-hmm. we now live in a world where we're not in one place. Uh, with social media, you could be answering questions on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Instagram. And so having a uniform knowledge base and a uniform hub for all of your knowledge to be put into is hugely beneficial, especially uh, when you're trying to scale. You know. Um, we, the problem with not creating processes is that we retain knowledge. We, we become hoarders of knowledge. We keep it in mm-hmm. our heads. We don't want to share it. Um, and one of the ways to start building those processes is start putting those canned responses someplace for your entire team to access. Uh, you want to go on a vacation someday. So somebody has to take over your job. And if your job is customer support, how are they going to do it in a way that still maintains your brand and the way that you say things? Mm. Yeah, so it's keeping everyone aligned. And so like with, with the software, because I think that's solving a huge problem. You hit it right on the head, right? Like every piece of platform or every piece of software, sorry, has their own canned responses, mm-hmm. has their own snippets. Like we use Superhuman for email. There's snippets there. HubSpot has its own onboard exactly. snippets as well. But this is like breaking down those those silos mm-hmm. um, and so what you just said there like are you enabling then teams to have a shared like library or resource when it comes exactly. to these snippets okay yeah so on our team account you can actually create individual teams so let's say mm-hmm. you have um, a good example is for us we have sales we have customer support customer support shared out to everybody in the company because that's something mm-hmm. that we common questions however uh, you could go ahead and silo your sales snippets just to your sales team or you can turn them on for the entire company. But yes, it's shared throughout your entire company. Um, It's nice too if you're working with a lot of contractors and you want them to use specific wording, uh, you give them an access to to it as well, to a certain group area. And then Mm -hmm. they can also, we have inline search. uh, And this is, in fact, uh, my son was watching, he he saw all my snippets. He's like, how do you remember all those? Because our company has thousands of them. 
And I said, well, you don't. You search for them. Um, But you search by keyword. So if I search, you know, um, download, the word download, it's going to bring up every snippet that has the word download. And if you hover on it, it shows you exactly what it says, the snippet says. And so that's how you can quickly move through your knowledge base and find exactly the canned response that you want for whatever you're working on. Hmm. That was going to be my next question. Like (laughs) to kind of think off of that, I mean, at one point you must get to a place as a company where there are just so many snippets you've created. Um, I want to talk more about process and what your process looks like for your team and managing all of that. But um, what are some best practices then for how to manage the database, how to know like what's active? Are, are there analytics on how many times snippets are being used? How are you mm-hmm. managing it, making sure everything is staying up to date and you're not forgetting things or you know having outdated snippets or duplicate snippets? Because we, we talk a lot about that as well, right? Duplicating yeah. work. So, so how, what does the process look like for managing all of that behind the scenes? Yeah, so um, the admin side of it, you can actually see stats. Um, so mm-hmm. you can input... Uh, I type 90 words per minute, but the majority of people are around 40 to 50. So you can put in 50 and then you can see. You're just a little bit above average then. (laughs) Just a little bit above average. Just a little bit. Just a little. (laughs) Putting us Uh, all to shame. High high achiever, you know, what can I say? Sure. Um, So you input what your words per minute is and it'll actually tell you um, how much time you save. Like my hours right now for the last 30 days is right at nine and a half hours. So that means that all the canned responses, we figure out that the algorithm and it's equals to nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always look at this in regards to how much is my time worth. Um, so, yeah. you know, and, and time is such a hard thing to quantify because so, you know, if I'm using a snippet where I just type in dot S for my name instead of Stacy L. Carlson, that's only a few seconds. But how many times in a day do I type my name? How many times yeah. in a year? And then again, how much is my time worth? Uh, so it's those incremental times that keep adding up that once you start adding it together, uh, it equals to big numbers. Um, and then also in our in our app, we'll tell you that if you've duplicated um, a snippet, um, you'll also know if you've duplicated the snippet name. So there's a conflict. So like, you mm-hmm. know, if you do one dot sig uh, and you do a different one, name it, give it the same abbreviation, we'll let you know that as well. Okay. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, like there's so much wasted time. I mean, like we have um, a page from our, you know, kind of sales deck that we will walk our prospects through, but it talks about the amount of hours that are just wasted Mm -hmm. every single year in things like meetings and, you know, talking about work projects, not actually doing the work, right? Like talking about the work projects, you know, having... um, time wasted in duplicating work because there isn't that visibility right and then you know time and and unnecessary meetings and one thing that we haven't documented or don't fully understand yet is how much time are we spending typing out emails Mm -hmm. just as one example that we type all of the time lines greetings openers all the time right and so um with those stats like how how are you breaking it down to businesses to like show them how it can benefit them. I mean, the stats you're gonna show are obviously averages, but do you have numbers and can you talk to, you know, what it looks like for people in different industries as well? And are, are there use cases around that? I'd love to just know a little yeah. bit more about the data there. Yeah, so because we have a 30-day trial, they can actually get in there and start using it. And that's it. the mm-hmm. second they start using it, they start building their stats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so using the product actually ends up providing them with the numbers that they need to sell, you know, the return and investment aspect. 
Yeah. You know, if they see that their customer support team now just saved, I think our team is, oh, I think uh, our main customer support is like 40 hours in the last 30 days. So okay. if that means uh, he's saving 40 hours using snippets, that's 40 hours that he now gets to spend answering different questions or yeah. spending more time on the more complicated questions instead of feeling like he has to rush through it. So that's a big aspect of use the product, really, you know, get your customer support team, get your sales team, and then sit down and figure out, okay, this says that I saved three hours this month. Mm -hmm. What could I do with three hours? That's 18 more phone calls I could have made or 15 more emails that I could have sent out. So mm -hmm. again, it goes all looking at those stats and really understanding, you know, what could you have done with that time or what did you do with that time? Uh, in most cases, you're not going to know what you did, um, but yeah. quantifying it and understanding that, you know, it, it means that I get to, you know, cold call 16 more people or send out 14 more messages on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's putting it into that context so that they understand, um, especially with customer support. You know, you save time. It means that you get to use that time somewhere else. Yeah, I love the link to productivity there and you kind of flipping the script on how you can take the time that is saved from using a tool like this to apply in other areas. I mean, um, anyone who has like uh, an Apple product will see, you know, the reports of screen time coming up and I don't want to oh, yeah. see that. That's not helpful, <laughs> no. right? Like that time is gone. I need it, I think, but you know, you don't want to see those things. So I, 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 I do like the link to um, productivity and how we can flip the script there. Mm -hmm. Um, so when it comes to your team, you're managing, you are the partner manager um, with Smile. And so what does it look like when you are documenting your own processes? There are new things that are, are rolled out. Is it a collective? Are you bringing your team together? You as the partner manager, are they coming from you and then you're passing it down? Walk us through that process a little bit. Yeah, so a good example would be, um, I do, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, not only am I working with our solution partners, but I also work with other companies to do co-marketing. And one of the things mm -hmm. that we do is co-webinars. So we, this originally, uh, this job was handed to me from somebody else who primarily did everything. I mean, marketing, okay. uh, creating the page, they did everything. So there was a process created, but there was a lot of empty spaces. So okay. handed over to me. So that was put into Asana, which is what our team uses. Uh, and then we initiated a kickoff meeting. Uh, our first kickoff meeting was, I believe it was an hour and a half to go okay. through this process. But we went through the process. We realized these are the things that they needed to know before we even started that meeting. So from there, I took that feedback and created a pre-kickoff meeting. So that's all the stuff that I get from my my the person that I'm co-hosting with. Um, so I can put together a brief. So we just had another meeting for the kickoff. And again, it started out at an hour and a half. We're now down to 20 minutes mm -hmm. because we also have a retrospective after every co-webinar of what worked, what didn't work. Um, and these are so important because I get to take yeah. that feedback, go back to the original process, tweak it. So it will always be a, you know, a tweaking process. But I figure one more month, we're going to have a process that I can hand off to anybody. They're not right. going to have my big, my big goal for processes is always, can I hand this off to somebody and they have zero questions? Mm -hmm. Can they follow it from point one to point Z, you know, without any questions? And if I can get to that point, then I've succeeded. Um, 
And because things change, software changes, that's when you always have to go back and reevaluate. The second somebody has a question, it means that something has changed in the process and you need to evaluate it. Right. How often are you doing that? Going back um, and evaluating and looking at your processes? Every every single time we have a co-webinar or every Amazing. single time um, we do um, uh, you know, a campaign. Uh, honestly, every single time I do one because having the retrospective at the end of what worked and what didn't work, it's going to give you big red flags of what needs to be tweaked, um, what right. needs to be done so that this never happens again. Um, right. That's my goal is to this to get to a point where, you know, our retrospective takes five minutes because nobody can come up with what didn't go well. You know, yeah. that That's awesome. <laughs> that's the goal, yeah. yeah. The fact that you were able to take, you know, an hour and a half, you know, meeting and reduce the time to 20 minutes yeah that shows that it's working mm -hmm. you're putting um your time saving to to really good use um got a question for you i mean we have one of our developers on our team um she in a in a one of our kickoff calls you know several months ago now we're talking about documenting processes and getting the team involved in that it's not just one person mm -hmm. right it, it's, it's it's all of our responsibility and what that looks like and she said two things um i'm gonna have to look at my my whiteboard a minute but it says, you know, um, am I the only person who knows this thing? And then would others benefit? Sorry, am I the only person that knows this information? And would others benefit from knowing this information as well? And so I, I constantly encourage, you know, my team to be thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Am I the only person that knows this? Would this help someone else? If you answered yes to any of the above questions, you document it. Yep. And, and, and we look at that. So are you encouraging your team to do the same thing kind of like on a day to day? What should that look like in their regular day? Or is it is it specifically after those those retro meetings? Uh, no. Uh, so I'm a huge I'm a huge proponent to that. Um, we, we are not the only ones who store knowledge. Yeah. Um, I think I told you about this originally. Um, there's a, a TED talk by Tom Wujek. It's called mm. How to Make Toast. And yeah. he talks about how he brings everybody into a room and gives them post-it notes and tells them to create the process. And I didn't understand how, how important this was. I was uh, consulting with a university and their team, and they had this event. It was a huge event that actually had three mini events in it. And they had never sat down and set a process. So I brought everybody into the room after I taught them how to do the post-it notes. And one of the things that he suggests is to actually create this process in silence. So no talking. You just write down the step on a, a post-it note. You put it up on the wall. If you see one that's in the wrong place, you move it. And I sat there and watched this team take this giant project. I mean, it was huge. And they created an entire process for it. And not once did anybody speak. And, it, and mm. I almost, it was like one of those, oh, how do you, I, where you're just so overcome with, amazement that this this just happened uh but it was you can't create a process by yourself because you're not the only one in there and i think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs fall uh fall down uh, because they think they're the only ones who can create that process but the problem is is that you know hr is going to have a step you know in that process or you know engineering is going to have a step and you don't mm -hmm. know how they do it and if you're trying to guess what they're doing it's going to fail. So get everybody in a room and, and start putting post-it notes up on that wall. I mean, you could do this again for everything in your job as well as what, what, where are you going to drive in the morning? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. And like, I love 
the, that example of just like taking a team, get some post-it notes, go off and do it on your own. Because mm-hmm. I think in that specific exercise, I mean, we are talking about, you know, creating toasts, but it could be, it could apply to anything, yeah. right? Um, you really get an understanding of where everyone's at. You, you say, okay, does my team understand the process? If I wasn't here, if I was on vacation or was yeah. unavailable or whatever it may be, or, you know, we talk about growth, right? Like we don't yeah. want to be doing this role that we're in forever, right? Do the people that are underneath me, my successors, you know, subordinates, do they understand the process? Are they bought in? And most importantly, what I found out is that there are so many new and fresh ideas and ways of doing things that come from including your team in that process as well. And it's not until you give them the um, the autonomy to go off and mm-hmm. do that and explore that you really start to uncover those things. So, um, Yeah, and also putting those together. It, so like whenever I have to bring my web designer in, mm-hmm. I can't estimate time for him. He has right. to tell me what how long it takes. Um, and I think that's, again, where, where people kind of, you know, where it falls through is that they'll estimate, well, this should only take you two hours, but realistically it's taking 20 hours. Mm-hmm. But then in the same respect, if you create a process and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, so there's a huge bottleneck here. Why, why is there this bottleneck? Yeah. And you realize that there's a step that actually could be excluded or made more efficient. You can't tell that until you figure out um, where in that process, that bottleneck, and to understand why that bottleneck is even there in the first place. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. And I think as owners or as entrepreneurs, we get these blinders on, right? Where mm-hmm. the knowledge starts with us. And at, at some point you have to give up control, but we see the process and this is how it always is. But the more that you remove yourself from that day to day, the less you you find that you are understanding about the new processes and the, the evolution of those things. And so it's almost like you have to just give up that control. Yeah. Right. Because, and I was, I was talking to a team member today and I, and I, I kind of said, I can't remember the context now, but you know, this is not mine. This does not belong to me. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a collective and we're all at it together. So, um, I love the approach and how you're, how you're managing your team. Um, I, I want to get back to something that we started talking a little bit about, but it's this this thought around like work about work, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's a term. Love to hear that you guys are using Asana. The term actually comes from Asana, yep. right? They've they've done studies on this work about work, and so there are numbers and um, surveys and white papers on this. But it, it's all that in between work, all the trying to find where something is, or you know, typing out an email a million times that you don't have to. Yep. Um, you know, talking about where that file is, what the due date is for this, and you know that general confusion um, that just just happens on teams. It, it's inevitable, right? Unless you have the proper systems. Yeah. And so, what does that translate to in your business um, or in your company? And what are you doing with your team to eliminate this work about work? Yeah. So. Uh... Tech six being our number one, um, that's where our knowledge is. That's the mm-hmm. first place we look. You know, if we have a question, it's most likely already been answered by our customer support team, and the answer mm-hmm. is in there. So that's the first place. Um, a lot of so we are a fully remote team, and we've always been a fully remote team. So the pandemic right. didn't change you know change anything in regards to that. When it, and we use Slack heavily. Uh, that's yeah. how we communicate. 
So one thing that a lot of us have incorporated is if it's a question that doesn't need an immediate answer, we save it for a one-on-one -on -one, or mm -hmm. we save it for our, our marketing meeting or our sales meeting, uh, mainly because that decreases the amount of time that you're interrupting somebody else and being very respectful to their time because we're a small company and we have a lot of things and everybody's wearing many hats. Yeah. Um, and then heavily relying on Asana. I mean, that's, that's the big one. Um, and for me, for me personally, uh, I like to surround myself with my why. So you can only see behind me in my office, but in front of me, I have giant post-it notes. And each okay. one of them has my rock, my, my key goal for the year. Um, but it also has our core values for our company because they're very important to us. And so um, every morning when I come in, I look at one of my post-it notes that says, um, it's over here, what will I do today to bring a new partner on and activate them? Mm -hmm. And that's how I really focus on making sure that my day has something in there that's answering that question. And my day has something that's answering the other rocks that I need to get done. Um, you can't get away, especially for me, because I'm creating a program. There's a lot of research and, and documentation. Yeah. Uh, but my goal is to get to a point, you know, in the next two, three months where everything is documented so that uh, I can focus on core, you know, just doing versus the foundational aspect. I love that. Um, just made me think about like your goals. You're seeing those things every single day. It's right in front of you, right? To try and tie it back to process. What does it look like for you um, to not only set goals for yourself, right? You have, you know, the one on your board talking about onboarding and, you know, securing a partner, right? What does that look like in systems like Asana, for example? How are you tracking that? How are you keeping yourself accountable? And then how are you including the team in that as well? Because we're all moving in the same direction, yeah. you know, different areas of focus. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So we've set up goals within Asana. Um, so everybody, and then we have a marketing meeting every Tuesday and we go over those. Okay. Um, we're also doing OKRs, so we know what our OKRs are. We know that we're con what we're contributing to those, um, and so that's that's our main focus. Um, for me personally, it's being very, very selfish with my time. Mm. Um, so I have a process every single day where my first thirty minutes is devoted to planning my day. Okay. And uh, the first thing that I always do is I go through my email and they always say to not do this, but I do it in such a way where I'm not actually answering my email. Um, mm -hmm. I use a program called Sorted and it basically turns your Gmail box into a Kanban board. So, oh, okay. yes. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so what I do every morning is I go through all my emails and I basically stick them in buckets. Um, but doing this allows me to understand if there's an email that needs to be replied today that's going to take a large portion of my time, I can go ahead and block that time on my calendar. So mm. that gives me an idea. So I don't answer any emails. First step is just put it into buckets. Uh, the second step is to actually block time on my calendar. Um, and I do this again because I'm very selfish about my time. Um, I need to have a blueprint, a process for me to walk through every single day to know what my next step is since I wear lots mm -hmm. of different hats. So I go through my calendar and I block off time for recruitment and for account management, but then I also block time off for those big emails. And then I make sure I make sure to schedule a lunch, <laughs> otherwise that doesn't happen. 
um, but by the end of the time that I've got that all blocked out, my entire calendar for the day is blocked and I know what I'm doing. So again, it's a process even on my calendar, like step one, mm. I'm going to do recruitment. Step two, we're going to answer this email. Um, I buffer in time for like those emergencies that come up uh, because those always happen. But for me, it's been a way to structure my life to make sure that I'm staying on my goals. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'm a learner by nature. So then I rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> so, course. you know, yeah. So that's, that's my main focus is to give myself a blueprint every single day of what I'm going to do. That is key. I love that approach and that you have that discipline to do that every single day. Um, the name of the software was Sorted? Yeah, it's S-O-R-T-D, and it's okay. just a Chrome extension. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm going to check it out. Saved my life. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, because I think, like uh, again, like I switched from um, Gmail to Superhuman for my personal email, and though it like speeds up the workflow quite a bit with keyboard shortcuts, I haven't figured out a way to like yet set priorities, right? And so yeah. I'm looking at you know the little um, badge for how many emails are in the inbox that I need to respond to, and it's just like I don't even want to look at it. Um, so. Just as we're kind of like coming to a close here, I'm curious, we've talked about so much and you've already said that you are industry agnostic when it comes to who can use Text Expander. but what is something that you think that when you either talk to partners or customers that are evaluating Text Expander, what is one thing that you come, uh, come up against you know, frequently that you think that they're missing or they're not understanding about process? Is, is there anything that you would want to say to those people? Yeah, um, so, Every part of my process, uh, I'll give you an example. So my recruitment process is mapped out. I know mm -hmm. what emails I'm going to send. And because of my job, I can't just stick a person in a sequence. Each one involves an individual email that goes out. So my process has a, a corresponding snippet that's in Text Expander. So mm -hmm. my first step is send out par.co uh, and then do follow-up co. Um, so this is part of my workflow. And the reason why I've done this is that in a year, we might not be on the CRM that we have now, which means at some point I'm going to have to move all of my, my sequences out of that CRM uh. into something else. Um, and this is for everything. You know, you don't know what software you're going to be in in a year or two. And if you can store that knowledge base in one key place, and then filter it out from there. It's so important because at some point you're going to be wasting tons of time trying to pull it out. Um, and I'm always a, a very strategic thinker of the worst case scenario. What happens if our CRM goes out of business and gives no notice? You don't know these things. So what can I do to make sure that I'm covered as much as possible? But this also feeds into when I hand this delegate this process to somebody else, they don't have to learn the software to do it. Mm -hmm. They just have to know where to find it in Text Expander. So that's the key part is that, you know, everybody's like, well, Zendesk has CAN responses. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, HubSpot has CAN responses. Absolutely. Are you going to be there in one, two, three years from now? Um, right. And how much time is it going to take you to pull everything out of there and put it into something else? Mm. Yeah, that's great. And you probably said this earlier, but I'm thinking like of, of the flexibility between all the platforms, like the real, um, I think, thing that for us, you know, pushed us over the edge was like, we have to do this is like, you can use it on mobile. 
as mm-hmm. well, right? Yep. And yes. so I think, yeah, when it comes to storing that knowledge, having a repository where all of that lives, and again, it is accessible by your entire team. Yes. I think, yeah, there's definitely something there to be said. Um, last question here. I always love to know, we've already talked about a few of them, but you know, you talked about Sorted, Asana, Slack, um, Text Expander, obviously. What else is in your tech stack? that you resort to on a daily, weekly, monthly to keep you organized and on track? Uh, my number one is Airtable. Okay. I, I, I'm in love with Airtable. Um, yeah. And in fact, our entire partner program, Portal, is built off of Airtable and another program called um, Stacker, which okay. makes Airtable pretty, so it turns it into a web page. because uh, I've learned that not everybody can read Airtable. It becomes yeah. a little overwhelming. Sure. Uh, so Airtable, uh, we use Slack a lot, and then uh, we use Close for our CRM. Mm, so those awesome. are our, our big ones. Okay, incredible. Well, like you said earlier, your time is very precious and you <laughs> want to protect it. So I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to be on this show today. Um, is there anything you wanted to say um, before we sign off? I'd love if you can just drop where people can connect with you. Yeah. Were you spending your time online? If you wouldn't mind just giving us that information. Yeah, so anybody can reach me at Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at smilesoftware.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn under Stacy L. Carlson. Perfect. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for well, having me. Yeah, of course. This was a really great conversation. I had, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much, and we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, thank you. If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and follow on your preferred channel. If you know of a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them so that we can reach more listeners just like you. As always, all the links from today's talk will be in the show notes. And remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. We'll see you next time.